treasure trove. It's a funny little thing. It documents a really strange provisional space. It is a kind of monument to excess. Stories from our galleries and archives. It's just an unbelievably tragic story. It's really timeless. This is Bud Tingwell's makeup collection. Charles Bud Tingwell, who died in 2009 at the age of 86, was one of Australia's best-loved actors. Assistant curator Jenny Gall looks after the Tingwell collection at the National Film and Sound Archive. So we have two small boxes, wooden chocolate boxes, dating back to probably, I think the boxes are from the 50s. The contents, they're very much the tools of a trade for a stage actor. Bud Tingwell's career started when he was still at school in Sydney as Australia's youngest radio announcer. During the Second World War, he flew Spitfires over North Africa. He was a member of the RAAF, perfect hero material, gorgeous looking, strong and actually very courageous. He did his duty. And this makeup box sort of tells us a lot about his personality. The other records in the collection show that he always answered his correspondence. He kept every theatrical script he'd ever read or taken part in. Every play he went to, he always kept the programs. Everything he ever made, there were copies of the commercial product and lots of evidence that he was a devoted family man as well. He just seems to have been such a good man and um, very dedicated to duty and always doing the right thing and also being very independent. So he has his own makeup. It's that self-reliance that I think this makeup box shows us. He was somebody who knew he was responsible for his destiny and uh, he's very careful about making sure that he had everything to do a good job. After the war, Bud Tingwell scored a Hollywood role in The Desert Rats. He spent 16 years in England playing an Aussie doctor in a long-running soap and appeared in the Miss Marple series and Cat Weasel. He returned to Australia in 1973 as Inspector Reg Lawson on the popular TV show Homicide. They've made a positive identification and it's your friend Cook's print that they found on the car. All right, so I met him. I didn't do anything. Oh, come on. You don't expect me to believe that Cook did it all on his own. Bud went on to appear in major Australian films such as Breaker Morant, Puberty Blues, Malcolm and The Castle. Your Honour, my client built his home by the law, but does he have the protection of the law? How can the forcible removal of a family, a good family, from their home, have the blessing of our constitution? When I found out that this was in the collection, I had to be taken in to have a look. Katie Sirico is a curatorial officer at the NFSA and a freelance makeup artist. That's how exciting it was, just to be able to look at the materials that he would have had sitting in front of him just before he goes on stage. The first thing that stood out to me was the collection of Max Factor pan sticks. So this is a product that is a standard in any film, TV or theatre makeup artist's kit and we still use the exact same product to this day. So this product was the first cream-based foundation that was ever created. It was created in Hollywood in 1948 by Max Factor, who is also considered the father of makeup. So the fact that he had that in his kit, I feel like he was seeking out the highest quality products and finding out from the experts, okay, what should I have in my kit? 
Also looking at them, I can see different variations of the logo. So this would have been a work in progress. He wouldn't have just bought this all at once. He would have added to it over the years. I also feel like the kit would have been from his London time. So just the research I've done on many of the pieces in there, they all come back to London. What's in those little blue plastic boxes? So the little plastic boxes are actually mascara cakes. A mascara was actually sold in a cake or block form until the 60s and then we switched to more of a tube. This was used to fill the lashes, the brows or even facial hair to darken. You would have to apply water to the brush to activate the mascara Often people had to use saliva because they didn't have access to water backstage. So a couple of them actually have a bit of mold in them. And I'm wondering if that's come from bacteria being in saliva growing inside the mascara. <laughs> Apart from the makeup, I can see some zinc oxide plaster and wonderfully a fake moustache. So the fake moustache, I believe, is made out of real hair. It has some little plastic nubs on it that would have allowed it to sit up the nostril and it would have been attached using the plaster. You wouldn't have been able to see the little plastic nubs up the nose. It's one of those villain moustaches, isn't it? The one a, a villain would twirl in his fingers. Yes, absolutely. So you would have been able to create a lot of expression from a distance with the moustache as well, which is always what people are looking for in theatre. So he would have put this makeup on himself at times. It would not have always been done by a makeup artist. From an employability point of view, being able to do your makeup would have been a bonus. And also it might show that he was a little protective of his image and was aware of how to make himself look good on film. He would have practiced and come up with his own techniques, worked out what looks best for him. I would say a makeup artist would bring their own kit. So this would have been his, either a backup in case there wasn't someone else there or he was just employed because he could do it himself. Bud Tingwall's makeup kit also contains a paintbrush, a small metal object and two champagne corks, one with a silver coin wedged in it. Assistant curator Jennifer Gall. It is, in fact, an English custom when people are married that's presented to you as a good luck charm and certainly worked for Bud. They had a very long and happy marriage, he and his wife. The other champagne cork has figures on it that we think are some kind of significant date. But just exactly where they tie into the picture, it's very hard to decipher the writing. And the metal object you mentioned is a cigar cutter. So perhaps it was used for cigars, or if he had sticks of grease paint, perhaps if they'd got mixed up with different colours, he might have snipped off the top of the grease paint stick so that he had the clean colour again. Bud Tingwell had the most amazing career, didn't he? It lasted so long and he became such a favourite. What do you think is so precious about these makeup boxes? I just love the whole tangible quality of somebody's possessions and you can see the marks where they've been used and handled. The choice of the products tells you a lot about the person, I think. You know, he's a perfectionist. His quality of cosmetics says something about him. So he wasn't extravagant for the sake of having something luxurious. He bought things that he knew would, would last. And that seems to really align with what else we know about Bud. He did have that, that eye and that sense of... Um, planning for the future and taking care of whatever he owned. He knew what it was like to 
interact with an audience and he kept that ability in his films. He has that warmth and humanity and the little gestures, um, facial gestures that are so distinctive and from a certain era of acting, but they certainly communicate and that's why people love him. Thanks for listening to this podcast from ABC Radio Canberra. To subscribe to this or any of our podcasts, go to abc.net.au slash Canberra or find them on the ABC Radio app.